Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون all praise is due to Allah. We praise Him, seek for His assistance and forgiveness, and we seek refuge with Him from evils of our souls and our misdeeds. No one can mislead whosoever Allah guides, and no one can be guided whosoever Allah causes to go astray. I testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah alone, and He has no partner. I also testify that Muhammad وسلم, is His last slave and, his last, and the messenger of Allah. May the peace and the blessings of Allah be upon our Prophet Muhammad his family, his companions, and all those that will follow him in righteousness until the Day of Judgment. O you who believe, fear Allah as he should be feared, and die not except in the state of Islam with complete submission to Allah. Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters, and today again I wish you Eid Mubarak on the second day of Shawwal. May Allah accept all of our du'as, our fasts, our ibadah from Ramadan, and continue to shower us with his blessings throughout the rest of the year. Throughout Ramadan, we worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala day and night. We recited the Qur'an until our throats were dry. We prayed salah until our feet started to swell. We put in 110% effort for the sake of Allah. We tried to complete as many sunnah as possible for the love of our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We did all of this to increase our iman, to increase our taqwa to get closer to Allah to increase our good deeds, to open up the gates of heaven for ourselves. We donated as much as we could. We took part in charity, in helping others, in assisting our family members and our community. We did all of this for the sake of Allah Yes, Ramadan gave us the opportunity to do all of this. These actions were magnified in Ramadan. Allah gave us much more reward, 70 times more reward. Yes, Ramadan comes once a year and we use it to ignite ourselves, to give ourselves the energy to push ourselves, to do the best that we can. But why does this Ramadan come once a year? Should we just stop our good actions? Should we just stop the ibadah after Ramadan? Or should we use it as an opportunity to push ourselves even further for the rest of the months? Should we let it inspire ourselves in our actions for the rest of the months? A true believer will use Ramadan to power themselves to every single day for the rest of the year. Ramadan gave us that opportunity to get back on the straight path. And to be on that straight path for the rest of the year in every action that we do. A true believer, a true mu'min, he wants to see the words of Allah on the highest of levels. In every aspect of society. In every action that we take, the Qur'an that we recited in Taraweeh all of Ramadan, a true mu'min wants to see those words that we recited 
in all aspects of our actions, in our everyday lives. Meaning that Allah is the most supreme, that He is on the highest of levels. That when I undertake any action, I look at what the Qur'an says first. The Qur'an that I recited in the Taraweeh, in all throughout Ramadan. Because Allah Azawajal, He revealed this for us to have something to live by. Allah said that He revealed this as a way, as a guidance for mankind. So that we have something to live by, something as right or wrong, to, to justify our actions by. So a true mu'min, he wants to see the words of Allah above everything else. Meaning that there is no law, meaning that there is no insan, there is no excuse above the words of Allah That nothing can come before the hukm and the judgment of Allah. Today, during Ramadan and now even after going outside of Ramadan, we see what's happening in Palestine. Not just in Palestine, we see what's happening in Afghanistan, in Yemen, in Iraq. But in Palestine, there was a lot of attention the past few days, the past few weeks. And we as Muslims, we have to remember that we are one body. We are connected to the, mus- uh, to the Muslims in Palestine. The Prophet ﷺ said that the Muslims are like one body. So if we are hurting in one place, then all of the body aches. And we have to remember this as Muslims, that we cannot forget about them. Remembering the Muslims of Palestine was not something just for Ramadan. We have to remember them throughout. What's happening in Sheikh al-Jarrah, which is a neighborhood in Jerusalem, it should sadden you. It should affect everyone's hearts. The Zionists and the Jews, they have literally walked into the lands of the Muslims, into their neighborhoods. We see the mothers of this ummah being kicked out of their houses bleeding from their foreheads. And we see the young men defending them, the children going up against the soldiers. And this land is very important to us. Masjid al-Aqsa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran. He says in Surah al-Isra, Subhanalladhi asra bi'abdihi laylam min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-Aqsa. Glory be to him who took his slave on a journey by night from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa. Alladhi barakna hawlahu liduriyahu min ayatina. And whose surroundings we have blessed in order to show him some of our signs. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, He mentions this place in the Quran, emphasizing that this place is a blessed land. In this place, there are countless anbiya that were buried here. There are countless sahaba that were buried here. This is a place where Muhammad went to heaven from. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls this place blessed himself. This is a place where the angels have descended. This is a place where Muhammad led the rest of the prophets in salah. This place has the third most sacred mosque for the Muslims. So regardless if you're from Palestine or not, if you are a Muslim, this place, this land, this land, Masjid al-Aqsa, al-Quds, this place is very close to our hearts. And on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask us, where were you and what did you do? When the Zionists were walking into Masjid al-Aqsa, while the Muslims were praying, 
we've seen what's happening. The Muslims, just on the nights of Ramadan, they're praying taraweeh, they're doing the ibadah. And the Zionists, they come in with guns and all sorts of weapons to torture the Muslims. And who is there to help the Muslims? Who is going to protect the Muslims? Allah says in Surah An-Nisa, what is the matter with you? That you don't fight in the cause of Allah when the people are being oppressed and they're calling out for your help. When the Muslim women and children, they're asking, Oh Allah, where is your hero? Where is the help? So where is it? The Prophet said that the blood of a Muslim is more sacred than the Kaaba to Allah. So if many, not just, it's not even one Muslim today, it's many Muslims, children, women, elders, all of them. So where is their help? It is more important to Allah than the Kaaba itself. One Muslim. But the Muslims in Palestine, they have set an example for us. They have absolutely nothing. They have no armies. They have no strength. They have no equipment. They have nothing. But yet, the night that they're tortured, they come back the next day more in numbers. The night that they're tortured and oppressed, they come back with nothing except for their iman. Because the iman and the belief in Allah and having trust and tawakkul in Allah is stronger than all of this. The, the enemies of Islam can try as much as they want to, to defeat Islam. They can try to eradicate the idea of Islam as much as they want to. Just like Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab, they tried to defeat Muhammad wasallam when he was just one man, when he had nothing on his side. But the idea of Islam, the Qur'an, the words of Allah, no matter what the Jews, no matter what the Zionists and the non-Muslims try, it can never be eradicated. Allah said that this deen will prevail over all others. The Muslim brothers and sisters in Palestine today, they have nothing to protect themselves by. The Prophet ﷺ said that the Imam is a shield for the Muslims to, to fight from behind from. Today they have no shield. They have nothing to protect themselves by. We have to remember. We have to remember these Muslims. We have to support them. We have to give them the victory. We have to support Allah. We cannot forget about them. And we remember that Allah's victory is near. And we have to work sincerely for Allah's victory. فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم Jerusalem and Masjid Al-Aqsa was first opened by Umar ibn al-Khattab. And then later on, Salahuddin al-Ayyubi was the one who conquered this land. Before Salahuddin conquered this land, he said 
How can I smile and how can water and food taste good to me when I know that Masjid Al-Aqsa is in the hands of the Crusaders? Salahuddin Ayyubi was not from this land. He was from Iraq. He was Kurdish. But he was Muslim. And he understood the importance of this land and the sacredness of this land. Today we have 50 plus armies across the world. The Muslims have some of the best resources in the world. We have such large numbers. And the Muslim people, they have iman, they have trust in Allah, and they feel for the ummah. But they have no leadership. They are divided. Divided by the non-Muslims themselves. And we still live in their division, in their nationalism, in their borders that they drew up on a map. And we have let those divisions stop us from having sincere Islamic leadership. A true leader would immediately send an army to liberate Masjid al-Aqsa. Today we see 50 plus Muslim leaders failed. And they will be held accountable on the Day of Judgment. That when you had the resources, when you had the army, you had the people that wanted to free Masjid al-Aqsa, why did you choose not to? You chose your money, you chose your economic deals, you chose all of the dunya over the Muslims. To give you an example of sincere Islamic leadership, let me remind you of an incident. There was a Sahabi by the name of Sayyid ibn Al-Amir Jumahi. And he was at this incident of another Sahabi, Khubayb ibn Aday. Khubayb ibn Aday was a close Sahabi of the Prophet and he had been captured by the Quraysh and he was going to be executed. And he was going to be publicly executed in Mecca. In front of everyone. It was almost like those gladiator type events. Where they bring the crowd for an entertainment show. And they kill someone. So this was the fate of Hubayb ibn Aday. Before his death, the Quraysh, they asked him. Would you, would you rather be safe with your family? And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam be in your place? And he said that Never. Rather, I would not even want to see Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam be prickled by a thorn. That is the love that they have for the Prophet. That is the sacrifice that they made for their Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was the iman that was there. And this iman is still there. So, Khubayb ibn Aday was part of the crowd that came to witness him. I mean, Sayyid ibn al-Amir Jumahi was part of the crowd who came to witness the death of Khubayb. And it was a very harsh death. They put spears in his body. And they humiliated his body. Many years later, Sayyid ibn al-Amir al-Jumahi became a governor under Umar ibn al-Khattab in the, in the area of Syria. In al-Sham. And the people, they complained to Umar radiallahu about Sayyid about four actions. Umar radiallahu he doubted them, but being a sincere leader, he was going to hold the governor accountable with the people. That's a contract that they have. That if the people have some sort of complaint with their leader, that they can take it up with them. So the meeting happens with Umar ibn al-Khattab, Sayyid ibn al-Amir, and the people of Syria. 
The first complaint they said, he only comes out to us when the sun is already high. Umar asked, what do you have to say about this Sayyid? Sayyid was silent for a moment and then he said, by Allah, I did not really want to say this, but there seems to be no way out. My family does not have home at, does not have help at home. So I get up every morning and prepare the bread and bake it for them. After this, I go out to my people. Umar says, what's your other complaint? They say that he does not answer anyone at night. To this, Sayyid says, By Allah, I did not want to disclose this, but I left the day for them and the night for Allah. Umar asks, what's your third complaint? They said that he does not come out to us for one day in a month. So every month he skips one day. To this, Sayyid replied, that I do not have home help. O Amir al-Mu'mineen, I do not have any clothes except what's on me. This I must wash once a month. And I wait for it to dry, then I go out in the later part of the day. And they say, and Umar asked, do you have any, what's the last complaint? So they say, from time to time he blacks out in the salah. He collapses. To this, Sa'id replied, that I witnessed the killing of Khubayb ibn Aday when I was a mushrik. By Allah, when I remember that day and how I failed to come to his aid, I only think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive me. And out of fear, I black out. Subhanallah, this was the leader of the ummah. We see two good examples of Umar bin al-Khattab, of how he's holding the people accountable and his governors. And we see the governor, Sayyid ibn al-Amir al-Jumahi. The level of iman that he had, that even when he was a non-Muslim, even when he was a non-Muslim and he failed to come to help someone, he's fearful that Allah will not forgive him. So today as Muslims, what excuse will we have when we will say we were not able to help the people of Palestine? How many more times, for how many more months and years will we see the bloodbath of this ummah before we realize that victory will come when Islam is on top? How many more times well, we have to witness Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam dishonored. It's too much. One time is enough. But today, enough is enough. The power lies within me and you. Because we are accountable to Masjid al-Aqsa. We are accountable to the people in Palestine. Especially the youth. Who gave the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam victory? He was supported by the young men, some of them eight years old. Ali bin Abi Talib, Zubair bin Al-Awwam, eight years old. The rest were a little bit older, 13, 14, 15, early 20s. They were the ones who supported the Prophet And then we see the later victories. Usama bin Zaid, Tariq bin Ziyad. Muhammad bin Qasim, these guys were all around 20 years old. But they were the ones who changed the world. They were the ones who brought Islam from one place to another. They were the ones who liberated the Muslims that were suffering. And inshallah, we ask Allah to give the youth the victory again. We ask Allah to give the Muslims the victory again. But remember, the Prophet ﷺ, he made dua at the final stage. Before the battle of Badr. He prepared an army. 
He was making offensive attack, attacks. He had an agenda to liberate the Muslims and beat the kuffar. We need that same vision today. That there will be Muslims who will go to Palestine and liberate that land. That is the only solution for the Muslims today. And then when that action is being done, then we ask Allah to send his help. Just like he sent the angels in the battle of Badr. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. Allahumma gfir lil muslimina wal muslimat wal mu'minina wal mu'minat ala hiyai minhum wal amwat innaka samiyun mujibbul da'wat. Rabbana la tuakhidna in nasina awa khuta'na. Rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamaltahu ala alladhina min qablina. ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين وأقيم الصلاة. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.